When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, we got a brand new Geekscape episode coming straight from the Nerdist headquarters now that they've acquired us. If you've been reading up on the Geekscape website, just kidding, that was an April Fool's article. Yet an April Fool's article that a lot of people either shook their heads about and been like, wait, what's going on? Including some of our own writers uh, or some that gave us congratulations, including some of the people here at Nerdist, which is nice because we love them. Uh, But the reason I'm here in Nerdist is not due to any uh, acquisitions or mergers. It is because Brian Walton... Hello. Our close friend is the guest on Geekscape. We will Holy be talking crap. about WonderCon. Listen, if you will, Geekscapists, for a moment to that familiar voice as its Hi, tones guys. ripple Ooh. across your ears. It's so good to uh, <laughs> so good to not see any of you right now. Do not see you guys. Um, I think as I got uglier, I was just like. Do we really need to keep doing the video? I remember the video that you and Laura put up when you announced that you were going audio only and you made everybody think you were having a fucking kid. Oh, that was the best. That was the best. Everybody. And we're just like, oh my God, are they... They're doing this in a video, and all I could think was like, "Yeah, Jonathan would do this in a video." <laughs> yeah, well, well, dude, in my defense, uh, a few Geekscapists back in 2010 wanted me to uh, stream our wedding, and uh, I would like to say that the reason I didn't was out of uh, some kind of uh, you know humility. No, I was just too lazy. Yeah. No. Uh, it was just the wedding night got streamed uh, on RedTube. Yeah. The, 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 oh God, <laughs> nobody wanted to see that. It's like, why is Jonathan sleeping? Um, yeah, I actually remember my wedding night, and, and the thing is, we cleaned up our own wedding. <laughs> you know, like, like, well, I mean, by cleaned that up... That sounds like you and Laura, though. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, we had this place, and the guests all had fun, and then the guests slowly went away, and maybe one or two friends hung out, and then we packed up uh, our car, and we drove home, and we walked the dogs, and we went to sleep. <laughs> I remember your wedding, we had, we weren't close yet no i had just started i met you in 09 and then that was summer that was may of 010 yeah and i it wasn't until it wasn't until that san diego yeah that comic-con was when we started actually becoming friends that's when shit got real yeah that's (laughs) that's when when you you looked at gilmore and said no that guy (laughs) yeah when you go through like a san diego comic-con together that's kind of the the the, those are the trenches yeah i think you gotta say dude and that what Comic-Con did for me, like, it was just a training ground. I learned how to be a journalist. Well, now what's, what's going on with Brian is that he's editor-in-chief of Nerdist, and he's in charge of the Nerdist News. I think you're in charge of the uh, entire website. I, I am the Ooh. editor-in-chief of Nerdist.com. <laughs> I run that. I run a lot of our event operations. 
I represent us at events. I So speaking of events, yeah. uh, Brian was just telling me before we started this podcast, WonderCon is this weekend. Mm -hmm. It is from the 18th to the 20th. If you Geekscapists are listening and you want to come visit, we are at booth 208. Uh, the Nerdist booth, Brian doesn't have the uh, number on hand, but we're going to have a sign at the Geekscape booth that points to the Nerdist booth. Yeah. Or what we're going to do is you just follow the uh, string between tin cans that we're going to yeah. have between the exactly. booths. <laughs> exactly. Or if you just follow the trail of like brony droppings where Shane comes and oh, visits between no. the two booths. Uh, what well, does a brony dropping look like? It's colorful. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if, if, depending on what Shane eats, because I think Shane is his own subcategory of bronies. Even uh, the other bronies are just like, whoa, that guy. I got to tell you, though, uh, they're, you know, the. I heard you were shooting a video with him. Yeah, so the strength of the bronies is not lost on me. So we just started that Geekscape TV two weeks ago, or two months ago. And, uh, and tomorrow, Shane is going to come into town and, we're, and he's going to help me with WonderCon. But. Uh, tomorrow, since it's Wednesday and we don't go down there to set up until Thursday, we're gonna I'm gonna take him over to our studio at Lodger and we're going to shoot a how-to for his cosplay. Oh. And we have a model who's gonna be acting as his assistant. So we got a model off of like one of the modeling sites, and she was actually a brony-ish. You know, she, uh, is that mm -hmm. a brony? She's female. I I, I she's an MLP. Th oh, fan. They, there can be female bronies. Oh, there is. Well, okay. actually, when you see some of the girls that but dress up the as word bronies bro. are. Or as ponies are very cute. But is that just a pony? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I really don't. I actually yeah. We're gonna shoot like a how-to. We're gonna shoot a how-to uh, like build yeah. his rarity costume, and that's what we're doing tomorrow, and it'll be up on the channel, and you guys will completely like lower your heads in shame. You'll you'll do like the Picard face palm, but please <laughs> understand, guys, the views when that thing hit. You know the views. Come on, hey, yeah. you guys want to support Geekscape? You don't have to watch the video. Just allow us to make it. <laughs> I moderated a panel at Emerald City Comic Con with a voice actress from My Little Pony, uh, Andrea, whoever does Shutterfly and Pinkie Pie. With okay. Whoever those ponies are. <laughs> but it's a female. It should, yeah, it yeah. was a female. And it was really interesting because, like, there's a lot of children in the audience. And then there's just a bunch of, like, 20-year-old <laughs> dudes where you're just like... And this is Washington, where a guy was arrested for fucking a horse, and you're just worried. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. That happened, what, a few, like five, six years ago? Oh, it was longer than that. I it think was? It was, like two, it was when I was living up there, uh -huh. and we read about it, and we're like, the guy, no, you the guy to, didn't get arrested, the guy died. Okay. His colon got punctured what? by the horse's penis. Get the hell. Wait. Yes, this guy died fucking a horse. But, but listen, if you're going to fuck, fuck a horse, you have to be the giver. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, let's just, come on, let's just break it down. Like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Don't okay. be an idiot. Okay. <laughs> because you're fucking the horse. If you allow the horse to fuck you, and we are five, six minutes into the podcast, <laughs> we nailed this, uh, you are asking for disaster. We just, we just picked up where we left off. Absolutely. Brian, uh, uh, where we left off was literally a week ago, probably on the phone. But um, why would you ever think that that was going to like be okay physically to have the horse take I, command. And it just seems like if, if you're not thinking that through, he definitely didn't even train to lead up to it. No. Like, Do you think it was a rough ride, like straight up? Like he, like he was like sandpaper? I just... Like he didn't lose... Like, what do you mean like train to lead up to I it? Just, I just think the horse was like, take it, bitch. Yeah. A, 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 a part of me believes that, the, that like, like a horse knows... You know, animals have this sense about the natural order of things, considering they have been a part of it longer than humans, and that a horse is like, I should not be in an 
in, in this kind of a situation with this other creature. So you know what? If I'm going to fuck, I'm going to fuck the kill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like a horse, a, a horse on like a female horse, would, you know, a horse on a female horse would be like, this is natural. And, and yeah. my, my job is to procreate. Yeah. They put on some horse Marvin yes. Gaye. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it is like, you know, the slime lipstick comes down and like everything's nice. Sexual hailing. Yeah, of course, of course, hey, but, hey. but 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 uh, no, we get it, we get it, but 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 when you see like a human, especially a guy who probably owned you, you know what I mean, and like 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 tried to command you at one point, it's like how the tables turn, and then he just ruptured the yeah, well, this, col- wait, he this, ruptured his colon. He ruptured his colon. I think this guy actually snuck onto the farm. He wasn't the oh. farmer. He didn't own the horse, which clearly. You know, if he owned right. the horse, he would know how to treat it right, talk to make it, it feel yeah, special. They're like a soda machine that doesn't want to give you your snack, <laughs> or like give you your like change back, yeah. or, or like like when your when your computer freezes and you haven't saved your document, you're like your first instinct is maybe to get mad, and then you're like no 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 no, no talk to it nicely, or like go and do, watch a TV show, come back and hope that the red ring of death or whatever the hell is going on is gone, or the little rainbow spinner. Based off of, like, if, if that horse was trying to fuck to kill, I gotta wonder if that guy realized what was happening and tried to get away for a minute. The horse yeah. is like, no, too late. Um, too late, man. And I no d- one would ever know if the horse had bad intentions. If Axel Braun ever does bestiality, oh, we should shit. call him. If he ever does, like, bestiality porn, our friend Axel Braun, who does, like, the, yeah. the, the what, what are they, fan porn? Like, porn, they're like the X Men ones they, and the they, Superman they, ones. Yeah, they're like, fan, like fan, they're fan fiction porn. Fan fiction porn. If he ever like gets with into really that. good costumes, yeah. So keep, I mean, well, a better in storylines, a better Hawkeye than the Hawkeye. So uh, yeah, he, like I think I think fuck to kill would oh be like god. the MLP one. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what I mean? MLP FTL. I think I've just rewritten or the, FTK. Yeah, I think we've just rewritten the shoot for tomorrow, with Shane. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good seeing Shane. I haven't seen him since Kamikaze, uh, and and Shane, I think. Uh, we, you know, we've got uh, Comic Con coming up this summer. I make summer. fun of Shane, but I do love him. We all make fun of Shane, and we all love him, and I think we all just make fun of each other. Let's be oh, very yeah, clear. Yeah, we we're, rip on each other. We're but... very incestuous. It does not mean that the love is lost, yeah. Geekscape. Well, I just went to Coachella with Gilmore. Ugh, how was that? Uh, it was fun. Coachella I understand, was I understand amazing. you at Coachella is fun. But were you in a babysitting position for any of it? Did he get any, any trouble? No, actually, you lose Gilmore him at all? gave me some hole. great advice. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. He, yeah. Stop the clock. Uh, I went to Coachella, and the first thing he said was like, Don't eat these ones, eat these ones. <laughs> no, he was basically telling me, like, don't try to meet up with people. Like, this is just, your first Coachella? Yeah, it was my first okay. Coachella. He's like, if you try to meet up with people, you're going to spend your entire time trying to find people instead of just mm. enjoying the shows. And he was totally right, because yeah. I actually had a couple shows where I was just trying to find people. And it, I didn't really get to enjoy the music or anything. And it was a great time. Gilmore does Coachella much differently than I did. Because he camps out and he, yes. he's there. I remember and, when he and Zach Haddad went. They literally yeah. had a tent and like Eric was there mm-hmm. and they had a tent. And um, I was lucky enough. Like I, I was at a hotel uh, over in Indian Wells. And so I was going back and forth every day. But, Does uh, that suck? How's the traffic on that thing? Everybody has to deal with the traffic. Everybody has to deal with it. Like, okay. unless you want to stay on the grounds and live like, uh, like Gilmore like, did. Like, like Gilmore did. Yeah, it's, it's. And he's literally in a tent. He's in a tent. He had a yeah. good setup. It was yeah. it was him and his girlfriend, um, and they they had a nice setup. It, the tents are fun. Like I would probably want to do that one time. Sure. But like I can imagine like halfway through I'd just be like oh fuck this like because yeah. I'm not a big camper, but Coachella is amazing. It's it's a wide variety of people. Like and there was. 
I mean, there were some there were some broy dudes that I didn't really care for, but there were a couple like one guy specifically like really had me rethinking like I might have prejudice against some bros and and not Whoa. give them the even even shake because this guy was really nice and cool and passed me a blunt during a show. What's happening? Are you and I'm just like, bro- who, are you bro- who are out? you? No, I'm not broing out. I think I'm just I'm ready to play some volleyball. an olive Wait, branch. What? Oh yeah, <laughs> only if the Top Gun music yeah. is playing. Then I'll play volleyball. Um, Playing with the boys. I, well, I think what happens with when we're geeks and we have this uh, this subculture, you know, I think what happens whenever you're in any part of a culture or subculture is this uh, this insecure preservationist attitude where you're like, well, we, you almost have to set up these uh, these fake demarcation lines that don't even oh, yeah. work. Where you're like, okay, this is me, and this is you, and and it's based on like you just trying to self-identify. You yeah. know what I mean? So when you call yourself a geek or a nerd. You, 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 you kind of adapt this self-identification, whether you like it or not. You've done it over a course of years. So you start to think about other people who, as others, and you don't really see the gradation of it. Well, you know what I mean? What I really realized about Coachella, and probably, I mean, I don't know if you're supposed to come back from Coachella with like a realization right. about your life. But I realized I really insulated myself to only hanging out with nerds and only doing nerd stuff. And I realized that I just do not like that. I don't want to do that anymore. Well, you can't... I mean, first off, your passions are your passions. Your passions. Yeah. Like, your passions are your passions, and these are our passions. Uh, that being said, there's a whole world. Yeah. There's a there's whole some, world of experiences. Some great you know bands, I mean? though. I, uh-huh. I discovered a lot of great music, like uh, Preservation Hall Jazz Are you just band. making these up like the Jimmy Fallon? No, no, no. no this the, is real. Preservation Hall Jazz okay. Band is real. No, okay. I, I, I hate that I joke. love the Jimmy Kimmel joke. I actually like it when he goes oh, out no, to no, like... Oh, no, no, no. I just... Everybody makes it now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Everybody, like, everybody's trying to punk everybody at Coachella. No, it's only, only Jimmy was, Kimmel is allowed to do yeah. it. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel did it, and you, if you guys know what I'm talking about, Jimmy Kimmel goes out to, like, Coachella or South By and interviews people about bands that don't exist, and they all act like they know what they're talking about. It's cool for him to do it. Yeah. It's not cool for other people to do it. I did make one joke where I convinced this guy. It was really funny. I convinced him. He's like, yeah, I was thinking about checking out Broken Bells. And I was like, oh, yeah, you mean those two guys that left Sleigh Bells? And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, the two guys that were Broken Bells, they left Sleigh Bells, and that's why they called it Broken Bells. And he just totally bought it. And I'm like, I did. No, no, I didn't even have to slap for that one. No, no, come back, come back. I have to say you straight. He go goes talk. off into the desert and kills himself. <laughs> what? Like, I didn't know that happened. Um, but what were some of your favorites? You said Preservation that, Hall Jazz okay. Band really did it for me. I was really mad I missed Trombone Shorty set because I caught it online later and it was amazing. Okay. Lord was good, although she's like 17 years old and gave this big speech about doing shit with your life and I couldn't help but laugh. Whoa. Like, wow. Oh, so, uh, like, like, her valedictorian is older than her. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, um, enjoy this year. Hope the sophomore album's good. Yeah. Like, 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 but she gave a long speech. And then I, was the song, I was talking to the lead singer of the Scissor Sisters. <laughs> it's like uh, another band that didn't have a follow-up album. But my favorite, my favorite thing that happened was uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Girl Talk. Yeah. And I love to dance. And me and Brian Gilmore and Akiko uh, Thomas, uh, we tried to get there early. We tried to get to the front so we could dance and have a good time. And this guy walks up and he's like, hey, do you guys want to go up on stage and dance to the set? And we're just like, are you, are you serious? You want us to go on the main stage at at Coachella and dance behind the act? Sure. And we did. And so we're dancing. We're having this great time. All these acts are coming out. Yeah. Like Busta came out to sing along and, and all this with cool girl stuff. With Girl Talk. With Girl Talk. And, and the lead singer of Haim came out to dance on the stage. And then somebody's like shoving up these two little kids, like like seven and nine. That's a sacrifice. Like, like yeah, like really right. young kids. I'm like, 
who would bring up kids on the main stage at Coachella? You went with Gilmore. What did you and, expect? Well, no, I look back, and the person pushing them forward, it's fucking Paul McCartney. Wow. And it's Paul McCartney's kids. Wow. And I'm just like... And he's probably, what, five feet from you? He's, no, like, not he's even like five right feet. He is right next to me. I am dancing next Paul McCartney. You are, like, rubbing a beetle. I, and I'm just like... All right, face forward. Just keep doing what Stay you're cool. doing. Stay cool. Stay <laughs> cool. And it There's was literally just, a legend next to you. It it was it was the most. I love to dance. Right. I, I mean, I just love to. Could you dance in that moment? I did. Okay, good. I, I danced. Yeah. So don't hard let Paul McCartney stop you from being do. who you are. Because if I stopped and tried to talk to him, I'd been like, "Well, this is bullshit." And that's He's not what Paul McCartney would have wanted. Yeah. Paul McCartney would not have wanted you to stop dancing. Exactly. He would have exactly. wanted to make you uncomfortable. That's exactly. Not what, that's not what he would have wanted. It's not what John would have wanted. That's not what George would have wanted. If George were there alive today, they would not have wanted you to stop dancing. And the only question I really wanted to ask him is, uh, dude, seriously, what do I need in my life? <laughs> so, and so, I really want him to just look back and go, all you need is love. So um, y- you didn't know this, but I, di- I actually didn't know you were a big Girl Talk fan. Uh, our, our sister company, Lodger, uh, Lodger mm-hmm. Films, uh, they just produced a Girl Talk video. Oh, awesome. Did you see that? I don't know if you've seen it. It's this, I don't know. Somebody guests on the song and they're walking down the street like killing people. Is this for his new album that yeah. just dropped? Yeah. I haven't seen any of the new the, the new videos. Yeah, we shot that at Lodger. Oh, that's and, great. And like they're walking down the street. I don't know who the director is. He's not one of the guys on our roster, but uh, they're like ripping off people's heads and like shooting baskets with them and like punching through people and walking down the street. Um, and it's a girl talk video. Yeah. And and, uh, and some of it's kind of cool. There's some wire work at the end of it. They throw somebody through a windshield. I just love that he puts um, up all of his albums free. I didn't like, know that. Yeah. I like, know very little about girl talk. Girl talk makes all of his money from his live performances. Okay. He does not, he does not charge for his albums. Okay. Um, and I think that might have started as a legal thing, but it just became like he is a good dude. Every, right. Like he is super nice to everybody. He will take the time to talk to anybody that wants to talk to him. He is just really, really cool. The only thing is, like, don't bug him in the middle of the set. Just, just leave. Like, they gave us this list of rules. Like, if you're going to go on stage, follow these rules. Who did this? Uh, the, the people running the show. Okay. And one of the rules was, like, don't touch Girl Talk. Don't touch his shit. You will fuck up the songs. You will fuck up his concentration. Yeah. Don't go where you're not supposed to go. We need paths clear because guests are coming out. And then one thing they said was, like, no photos. And, like, so I, I didn't even take my camera up there. Right. And then I get on stage, and immediately all I'm seeing is everybody's got their no, phones No, did out. Gilmore go up there? And he took a photo, right? Uh, yeah, don't be jealous. I shouldn't did he take nod a photo? my head but he did, did, I mean, but did he t- take a photo with you in it? No, no, no. The, yeah, I would have grabbed he, Paul the, McCartney around the neck and taken a photo like we're best friends. Well, no, Gilmore took one photo, and he took it as Girl Talk was saying goodnight. Okay. He got right behind Girl Talk as he was saying goodnight. Okay. So kind of a cool photo. Yeah, and he's small and can get yeah. away with that stuff. And so, but like his, like, but there were people that were just like whole time had their phone out the whole time. Videotaping like, it. I'm like, guys, just we're supposed to be part of like, yeah. I know it's like we're not part of the show, but we're supposed to be here to create a party atmosphere to get people into it. It's tough to enjoy it when there's a when you're watching it through a lens. Yeah. Or like through a not even a lens, but like a weird digital screen. Um, do you see the person who posted the Joan Jett set with Nirvana? No. So after like the Hollywood, uh, I guess the, the, the Hall of Fame inductions where Nirvana got inducted, Joan Jett did, performed in like some really tiny club mm-hmm. with Nirvana. It was a Nirvana yeah. set, but Joan Jett filled in and did, uh, I think she just did uh, right. Teen Spirit. And it uh, smells like Teen Spirit. And, and the, in the entire time I'm watching the YouTube video, I'm like, well, thank you for posting this, sir, but I don't even, I can't imagine that person had that much fun because he's trying to keep a steady shot while getting smashed that's against what, a small barricade in a small club. That's something I noticed about Coachella 
is everybody had their phones up and out through mm -hmm. every set. And I'm just like, I would occasionally take a picture, but like, I do not want to sit there and record a set. Like, I'm trying to enjoy this show. And like, there were, it, Your memory will be better than that digital reproduction. Yeah, and there's something to be said about like actually just having some moments that are just yours. Sure. Like, and, and that's, it's something I'm trying to do a lot more. I, it's... The bro taught you that. Yes, the bro, <laughs> the bro taught me that. I, I just, I don't know. There are experiences that are yours, and it doesn't matter if you record them and share them. It's like somebody being, oh, cool, you saw that. But, it's but the like, hive mind was at Coachella. Like the yeah. hive mind recorded it for us. Oh, dude. Like you could take all those videos and turn it into some kind of weird schizophrenic hive mind re recording of the yeah. entire weekend. The last thing I really got to mention about Coachella is I did discover something cool that I've kind of coined a term for. Uh, it's. Um, I call it the Coachella Rodeo. Hmm. On Saturday night, I was watching all of these very drunk people, like going, like drunk and drug addled, and a lot of like crazy people. And I kept seeing these drunk, huge football player sized guys being very drunk and wobbly. And oh. then their girlfriends, who are very drunk and wobbly, and the girlfriend's like, put me on your shoulders. Oh no. And you just see them, like, it was the funniest thing I ever saw was this girl getting on this guy's shoulders, and all I'm doing is I'm, like, looking at my watch, seeing if they can go eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause no, get two of them in a chicken fight. Yeah. <laughs> without, without, the, without the protection of the water. You know what I mean? Like, that, it's yeah. insane. And it it's was like just, Master Blaster. And they weren't anywhere near the show yet. Right. They were walking to the show, and she just decided she didn't want to walk anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you want your drunk-ass boyfriend who is stumbling everywhere. Yeah, he can't help himself. Yeah, but you want him to carry you. He's going to land on you. It and was, you're probably petite and tiny. And I was just, I was, I was laughing so hard. You should have called it. You should have barked. Like, you know, don't, don't they do rodeo barking? Oh, yeah. You should have just done that. Oh, he's on yeah, there. Look at right, go. here he goes. Oh, and she's slipping. Oh, my God. Her Jimmy Choo's just fell off. You know, I feel you, like that's what that. auctioneers do on their weekends. Right. <laughs> like, I think, I think Laura's, one of Laura's grandparents in like Wyoming or, or North Dakota was a, like a rodeo barker. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she comes from, like, yeah, she, they had rodeo barkers in her family, and they all had, like, these little bolero ties and stuff like that. She still has all the bolero ties in her house. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and, and they would also call square dancing and stuff like that. It's all country stuff. It's kind of weird. But um, Well, the rodeo barker is the only one with the microphone in it. Yeah, the rodeo the barker <laughs> is the one that you want. You yeah. know what I mean? Is, is For that guy. Um, some of this stuff sounds horrific to me. Some of it sounds like so, you just have to be there and experience it. Yeah, it's great for people watching. You're seeing some of the best and worst of humanity at the exact same time. Because you're seeing the That beautiful. is Gilmore. <laughs> yes, it is. That's Brian oh, in like a little it, pocket it, thing. I will always... Gilmore, I've just, there are certain people that will probably always be part of my life now. Of course. And that's like you and Gilmore. And it's like through thick and thin, like... Like, you're the friends High I can and fight low. with. Sure. You know, once you have friends you can fight with, you know those people are going to stick around. Yeah, we just like fighting. Yeah. <laughs> We're just, we just like scrapping. Um, no, I think, I think with Brian, uh, he's just so forgivable. Yeah, he is. You know, the second you see him, you're like, you know, it's like how, you know, it's like, a, it's like an, uh, you come home and your pet has chewed up something. And he seems to be. You know, it's like, how could I be upset with and him? And it works for him. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a big thing I'm trying to. I don't want to... him to know that it works for him. <laughs> like it, once he knows that it works for him, it's a problem. My big thing is, uh, you, you've known me for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, in the Geekscape days, I, it was. I've known you for five years. I was always, like, trying to make people do exactly what I wanted, the way I wanted them to do yeah. it. And you can't do that. I know I was grading people. Like, I know I was pissing off people I have people the emails. Off. Let me read them. No, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, I had to grow up and I had to learn, like, you can't 
what works for you isn't always going to work for everybody. And that's a weird thing to like come to terms with. It's like, oh, the way I'm doing things, it's working out for me fine, but that's not what that guy wants out of his life. What's, what's tough, and it, it, and it takes a lot of reevaluation, and it's, and it's like a constant process that you have to do, is, um, is you, 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 you know, and we do it a lot. We, we write scripts for people. Exactly. And you, can't, and you can't be disappointed when they don't want to play the parts. Yeah, like, you know? it, I, I can... And, and we write scripts for ourselves. It kills... We, we, you when know, you have a narrative for your life, yeah. you're doing something wrong. But, God, but, but man plans and God laughs. And I know that we're not believers. Mm-hmm. Like, you and I aren't believers, but that's a phrase that I use anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because the truth is, like, whatever higher power you believe in or don't believe in, there are things greater than us. And most of those are circumstance uh, or, you know, and, and just... The fact that the people are their own beings based on their own agendas, or they carry their own luggage, uh, wow. as Bill Bill Russell says in his book. But um, we just, is people just do deep. what they fucking do. No, uh, I had a meeting with um, with Rod Olson, who produced Zero Charisma. Oh yeah. You know, remember? Yeah. Okay, so Zero Charisma, you guys know that's the movie that I loved from South by two years ago, and uh, just came Nerdist out on DVD. Uh, just came out last week. Last week on DVD. Plug. Actually, uh, uh, if you haven't watched I'll, Zero Charisma, Nerdist put it out with Tribeca on DVD. It just came out last week. It is my favorite movie about nerd culture, period. And I think a lot of people agree with me on that. And um, But what I was saying is I was at breakfast with Rod Olson, and he was telling me about this book called The Art of Quitting. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's based on just like the fact that when we're raised, we think about nothing but the little engine that could. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And all we think about is that forward motion. But we don't really think about things like course correction. Yep. Which, which you, you learn in like books like Who Moved My Cheese and stuff like that. Like Who Moved My Cheese is a great business book because it's about goal chasing. And, and it, but all it really comes down to is like reevaluation. Like, can you do this for another day? Are you happy? Mm-hmm. You know. And I know that we're Have a generation of. I've not seen Chef. I didn't catch it at South uh, by. Keep, I know you going. liked it. Keep going, but, and we'll talk but, about that in a second. But we have to learn that um, if things aren't working and you're not happy, this is really the only shot you're going to get. Exactly. You know, and if you do get reincarnated, you're probably, if you're me, you're going to get reincarnated by something very lower on the totem pole. So um, I actually just tweeted last week, your life is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> you know, that, that's actually a really good tweet. But you have to learn not quitting. You know, that's the, that's the book, The Art of Quitting. And, and it's, I, I don't like to call it quitting. I like to call it course correction because uh, I think we're scared of it, especially because all we hear about our generation is that how unemployed we are and how little we're making and how we're not better off than our parents before us. Yeah, and we also were the generation that had the parents that tell us we never see anything through. And then as, like, like I don't know about you, but like I was so I'm always so desperate to see stuff through. We had very different upbringings, O'Brien. Oh well, your upbringing I don't know how hmm. much you want to talk about because we, we can mention like like it, your it upbringing was fucked, but right your upbringing was fucked. My upbringing was fucked by like death. You know, like yeah. having my brother killed fucked my upbringing, you know, but like, like, I don't think my parents' divorce was anything that broke me. I think my parents' divorce was something that was now that knowing them as adults was necessary. And, they, you know, my father found love and da 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 But, um, well, I've learned but a I had a lot of, and I still have a lot of support. Yeah, and I'm still learning a lot about you. Like, that's, right. that's what's interesting is like, I, it's funny because we all come from different places. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I think when I first moved to LA, I was, I was ascribing a lot of, a lot of my own narrative to other people and like just like coming up with like oh this is why he's that way yeah, you'll and go this to a is very like dark that place. and you just it's just disappointment you're setting yourself up for exactly and it's just one of those things where it's like you know i've never i didn't lose a brother mm-hmm. so it's like i i would never understand what that's like but there would always be these times where i'd like try to i i would try to find common ground with right. you on something like that 
but it just it didn't make sense. Stop trying to just try to be there and understand. Don't try to make yourself part of that narrative. Um, I, th- I don't know I, if that makes no, sense. No, no, no. It, it does. And in the the thing is, it does it. it part of it comes from like a, a a selfish need to experience, and some of it comes from a non selfish need to. Uh, to empathize, yes. you know what I mean, and that's why it's a really complex thing that you're talking about. Is because we all have that selfish need to want to live experiences. There's such a for, fine for, line between empathy and narcissism. Absolutely, it's it in it's really interesting. Well, we're we're a culture based on reward. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like like we do things, but we want reward. We'll we'll you know we'll 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 do a favor, but we want a favor in return. Mm-hmm. And we're all guilty of that. But that's being an altruistic you know kind of kind of culture and ultimately a capitalistic culture blah 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 but um but but i think it's okay to have selfish needs i think it's okay and it's okay to um i I was talking to a friend of mine whose mother passed last year because uh something happened with a project of mine that started coming back to life and i needed uh him to to kind of wake back up and i said well where you been and and his mother died and I, i remember him telling me i immediately called him and immediately said i'm coming to pick you up and we went out, and this is literally last week, <laughs> and we spent uh, an hour together, and he talked about the fact that he literally hasn't done anything, he felt like, for like the last seven years, uh, seven months, seven months since she died, and how awful he felt, and we have to self-preserve. We have to understand that like, even though our brains are, what, 2% of our body weight, they uh, take up 20% of our uh, metabolism, like, like whenever we eat things. You know, that's why, well, that's why, I mean, our brains take up so much more energy than any other organ in our body because literally it's like two pounds or 2% of what our body weight is, but it's 20% of our energy exertion goes to feeding our brain. So when you eat and you get Is there any way I can turn down the treadmill for my brain? You you can't, you can't. It's why you don't sleep at night. It's why when your blood sugar gets low, you get crabby and you get mad at people and and you get short when you're hungry. Um, It's just what happens. But, um, but because our, our mind and our emotion get so uh, intertwined, we have to allow ourselves to self-preserve. Be a little selfish. It is okay. Um, my lung collapsed when my brother died. I, I told you that. Yeah. I was like yeah. sitting at my, I, I was sitting at dinner like five, six months after my brother died. And all I could think those five, six months was like, I got to fill every moment of every day. And I got to do all these things. And I got to just do this. And I got to preserve the memory. And I got to do this. And, that, and I got to run mothers and driving at school. And I got to be in every school play. And I got to keep, you know, a job or, or, you know, play basketball. Da, da, da. And I was sitting at dinner one night and my lung literally collapsed. My right mm-hmm. lung collapsed. And it felt like I'd been stabbed in the back. And it was just, and I told the doctor, like, how the hell did that happen? He says, Grief and stress. You've been pushing it too hard, but I didn't feel like I'd been pushing it too hard. I'm an 18-year-old man, but I've been pushing it too hard. It was the brain, not the body. It was the brain. Yeah. The last couple of years, I, I've almost reached those points with stress. Yes. And there were a couple of times, I know we've had calls. Well, you've where, had a boss. You've had bosses. You had people to turn to. We could talk to them about that, but you've had other yeah. people who were, you can't control. Yeah. And they're having an influence on you. Yeah, and there have just been, like, I'm a, it, it's really interesting how transformative, uh, how easy it is to kind of just change your perspective when somebody just, when somebody confronts you with something. And, like, the last few years, I finally just, finally dealt with what I went through as a kid. Like, finally dealing with it. And that is, like, you had a physical thing yeah. that made you kind of have to deal with 
it was the end of my childhood. Things. It was like a weird book shutting. It was like an end of a childhood door slam. It was weird. See, you had this gradual weird, like, like not realizing it was like what a it was like a place. It was like a it, you you grew up in a home that was uh, <laughs> kind of fucked, kind of unsupportive. Some of it was the fact that your father is. Like two generations older than you. Dad grew up in the Depression. Yeah. My dad was born in 1927. Wal- Walton's father was in World, World, War, in II. World War II. Yeah. In World War II. Like, not my granddad. No, not, not like normal kids. I'm a 32 year old that had a dad in World War I know. II. I just showed my students The Fog of War, the Earl Morris movie, where it's uh-huh. like, yeah, and he, in like the subject of the movie, uh, uh, was like the defense, you know, the minister of defense for like a secretary of defense for like the Kennedy, and he he fought in World War Two, yeah. and I was like, that's like he's in his eighties. Yep, your and dad is in your eighty in his eighties. Yeah, he's wow. eighty seven this year. Oh my, that's your father. Yeah, and it's just it, I you know I grew up hard, and I finally dealt with this shit I've gone through, and it's made all the difference in the world. Because I'm still Dealt not with there. or accepted. Because dealing with is because I still have my pings of anger. 15, 16, 17 Except, years. You're right. Over. Accepted is probably a better word. Accepted or, I've accepted or, that yeah. it happened and now I'm working through it. But just accepting what really yeah. happened to me was just kind of like kind of a stress reliever. And it made me realize why I was reacting so badly to certain things. It made me realize like I didn't know I ever had to worry about a trigger warning and now like yeah. that I'm processing these things, I know what might set me off. And it's just, it's interesting when you go through trauma that you never quite know was trauma. And your trauma was so gradual. Yeah. Your, tra- your trauma was like an atmosphere. And it was also like a, like a paternal disconnection. It, well, it wasn't. Which is I mean, such a, like, it was like such a, I mean, I think of my father. He is such a pillar of strength in my life. Yeah. And so now, what I'm, the only thing I can do is imagine that pillar of strength in my life, like in the guidance, not there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I've spent my whole life figuring out shit for myself, but mm-hmm. I think part of that is why I'm able to do what I do. You went on like a, on a walkabout, but it was your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I left college, I moved to Seattle, and I became a projectionist. It was, it was all a walkabout. Yeah. <laughs> you got sent out to like the, the wilds of Australia. It is really funny though. I did, I do feel like um, my life ended up working out to where I just started collecting these little skills from the jobs I was working at. And eventually it all came together to build like this this resume this this uh, this great thing and now i'm really happy well it all builds into confidence what's that yeah no right (laughs) confidence is that thing that happens sometimes in the middle of the day but in the morning when you're thinking about the stresses that you're setting yourself up for throughout the day and at night when your mind starts to go soft in preparation for for bed that is not when confidence arises. <laughs> confidence is that thing that you get in the middle of the day, yeah. you know? I mean, confidence is, like, is really why, I, like, the only reason I run is, like, just confidence. It's just to be like, okay, you, you at least have health and you at least have an escape. And it gives me a little bit of breathing room from the uh, external influences in my life that can be, like, you know, stresses, you know? That's all it does. It's, it's, it's just a little, a little, it's my time. Well, that's, time. that's the dancing for me. Dancing. The dancing is just when I found that and like I can't tell you how great it feels when somebody comes up to me and is just like, hey, you can really dance. And it's, and it's like, crazy. It's and it's just, I guess, I like it just because I know it's not expected from somebody that is my size. And, and like, your size has been depleting, by the way. Yeah, I was 265 when I lived in Seattle. Okay. I'm 200 pounds now. 
Can you guys imagine that? Listen to that again. He's lost 65 pounds. Almost exclusively from dancing. I tried Off being a five, vegetarian for yeah. a little while, but yeah. I mean, and the, the weight really came down just in the last two years because that's mm-hmm. when I really just kind of like, just, I was done not being happy and healthy yeah. and having fun. And now I, you know, working out. Everybody, uh, it's funny because everybody. The bro for, do this to you? No, the bro I'm didn't do this to me. You <laughs> fucking did this to me, asshole. Um, like I was always like, no, I'm too busy. No, I'm fine. No, I'm just gonna live this way. And then it was just like, oh no, I can actually be happy and energetic and have a lot of fun. And the dancing is just awesome. And I mean, guys, I will tell you this right now. Any fellas listening, women love a man. They who can love dance. it. They my wife almost it. didn't marry me because I couldn't remember our first dance steps in our rehearsals. Yeah, there I mean, are. It is so bad. I'm such a bad dancer. It is so unattractive. There are women who used like they would never give me a second look mm-hmm. in re- in real life, but if they happen to see me dancing, I've I've gone out on dates just exclusively because they just want the move. You know what I mean? Like it's fun. Dancing. It's like it, yeah. it, people just want to have fun. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And like that's it. Exactly. And also the because I dance so hard i get really sweaty and usually at some point throughout the night i'm just like just get used to this look because this is what's gonna be like later anyway oh oh pg pg i'm kidding we were talking about horse fucking within six minutes (laughs) (laughs) oh man so what do you uh i i really just i want to compliment you really quickly what uh the miami vice stuff the nerdist acquisition yeah the nerdist acquisition congratulations you got becca you got rebecca though we did we got a couple people you got one you got a couple people at nerdist and i was just like Welcome really, to the family, you Jonathan. That? You, you think I wouldn't pipe up and say something? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the, the, the Miami Vice stuff is good. I'm really excited about it. But uh, the Dock of the Dead. I was Dock at of South the Dead. By, I missed it. I was so angry. You can watch it on Epics, baby. Because every time... Okay, so let's talk about South By for a second. Yeah. I have never been there, and mm-hmm. you go every year. Yeah. And you have, like, you told me, and I didn't quite believe you, but that is just sprawling and massive and so many people. Yes, you're it's, not prepared for it. Yeah, no. And I what, did not give you the advice to not try to meet up with people, unlike Gilmore did. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was very, like, because there are, like, there are three conventions going on. Uh, yeah, there's that, the, there's a interactive, there's the music, and there's the film. And there yeah. are, like, over 100,000 people, pretty much the same amount of people as San Diego. But, mm-hmm. god damn, is Austin beautiful. Uh, I mean, Laura and I have talked about moving to Austin. Uh, you know, it's my, yeah, it's obviously my home. I'm going to go there next month. I'm going to go there again in like the week after Comic-Con I'm going there. Like I, I'm starting to have to go to back to Austin a little bit more just to try and keep writing or maybe shoot a film there. And, um, I miss it. Like I miss it. It's just such an easier place to live than Los Angeles. And it's also, um, I was taught, I went out to Wilmington for a set visit and somebody was talking to me about like. There's not a lot going on here in Wilmington. What's in going Delaware? on? In uh, Delaware? Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. Oh, well, North Carolina. Sorry. Uh, I went there for a, a set visit for okay. a show that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Not yet, but we um, keep checking Nerdist. But, yeah, it's. I had one of the best interviews of my life with, with an idol of mine that okay. I cannot wait to share. It's a seven-minute interview, hmm. but just getting to talk to this guy about his writing process at all was fabulous. Um but I was talking to some kids that live there, and they're like, yeah, there's just not much going on. I'm like, well, you have a town that, you know, your filming isn't coming from within. Like, that's why mm-hmm. Austin has such a great community is because people are there creating. And people are there yeah. making their movies. And it feels like if you make a movie in Austin, you're automatically in yeah. South By. And then you've got, like, <laughs> Wilmington and New Orleans, which are just waiting for studio money. 
Um, yeah, I think Austin's figured out to get uh, the, some of the producers I met in Austin. They're finding ways to get money out of Dallas or finding ways to get money out of Houston. Um, I met a couple investors from mm -hmm. Houston at South by my uh, friend, uh, a friend of mine, Sean, like Magnolia Pictures. You know who owns oh, Magnolia yeah. Pictures? Yeah, it's um, a Mavericks owner. Um, well, it's not just Mark Cuban owns the uh, the what is it, twenty twenty or whatever it's called. Uh, Magnolia uh, is owned by Chuck Norris and his brother. Really? Yeah, but does Chuck it, Norris and his brother. But Mark, Mark Cuban, Cuban might does have all the distribution for Magnolia because Mark Could Cuban be. owns all of is the... Is that 2020? What is that? Well, it's Mark Cuban owns the theater one. chain. Um, mm -hmm. What the fuck is that? Landmark. Right. Mark Cuban owns Landmark, and Mark Cuban owns uh, the uh, at least a percentage of Magnolia because Magnolia, their whole thing was they were one of the first companies to do digital releasing uh -huh. same day, DVD. day, and date. day yeah. and date day and date and it was landmark theaters would release the movies and also sell the dvds mm -hmm. so if you so like the movie you could come out and buy it right then i don't know but how chuck much. norris and his brother like yeah. they're millionaires several times over almost billionaires well and they, they produce movies in austin yeah i gotta wonder um there's total money there how much was chuck norris involved in that though um He's got to be just a money partner. I don't, I don't, well, they're all money people, like uh, you know. But um, it, well, it, I just learned that recently. Like, I don't know. I mean, but his brother Dwayne or Dwayne or something like this is like the money guy, and I'm just like, wow. And they got a lot of money, and they love projects. I mean, it's insane. But they they're in Austin investing, and uh, there's oil money. But I don't know. I mean, Austin will figure itself out. I'm always going to come back here, or I'll always live here. Um, you know, George and I are, you know, we met last night about shooting more Hero of the Prophecies and getting a schedule from my brother Paul to get him out here and, and shoot more Hero of the Prophecies shorts and, Paul and do stuff. Yeah, Paul's back okay. in Austin. Well, he's in Europe. He's been in Europe for like a month wrestling. Oh, okay. Which is like, he, he's never anywhere once for like two long. I just remember he was in Australia for he's in a Aust while. He was in Australia for like four months. Yeah, and then he went down to Mexico for a bit. And he's like, I'm going to go to Netherlands. I want to live in the Netherlands for four, for like three months out of the year. I mean, at least he's getting to see the world. I'm like, I would love to see the world. Yeah. You know, I see Los Angeles, and that's a part of me that's hard with Los Angeles. It's not the people. People like to complain about Los Angeles' people all the time. And I'm like, well, just pick your people better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not going to hang out with all of them. Um, and I think we've found some really great people in Los Angeles. But, um, but seeing the world is the one thing I do miss. You know what I mean? I still, I don't have a passport. Really? Yeah. I have not been anywhere outside of the U.S., but thanks to Nerdist, I mean, I've really gotten to see America. Like, I finally got to go to, to Detroit, which How is a whole... Oh, it, it's it's not the it's like money. It's, it's about finding the time. And It's hey, filling out a form and going in a photo. Okay. Go get a passport. At some point, I will. <laughs> Doctor of the Dead is playing Canada in early Toronto. You know, well, it's playing Toronto. <laughs> I can't it's get into Canada. It's getting, you know it's getting theatrical in, in Canada. Doc of the Dead is, is playing a lot of film festivals. Alexander keeps texting me like, oh, we just got into this city, this city, this city. First off, I'm not going to any of them because it'll bankrupt me. Second I'm off, so proud we're of working on the next project. Geekscape. Um, not right. Shane and not Matt. That being said, Derek is great. SJ Borger is launching a radio camp. Like this Friday at WonderCon, we're launching Radio Z, which is... Sarah uh, Joint Borg, it's our writer, SJ, she has a radio drama. It's a zombie apocalyptic radio drama. And it also has webisodes that go with it. We haven't told anybody about Radio Z because we're launching it Friday. And you guys are hearing it, but all three of Congra you guys will be excited. Congratulations to everybody listening right well, now. We don't know what it's going to be yet. See, see what happens? 
Nerdist gets right. the exclusives. We just don't know what it's going to be yet. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. honestly, we don't know what it's going to be yet. Um, but I'm trying to inspire everybody to do their own thing. Well, Diaz is Eric is just a phenomenal. He he has really like if you read his writing now versus what he was writing back then, he has just grown as a writer. And I he, think finances motivate somebody too. It's well, his job now. I yeah, love it. And he wrote for Luke Thompson for a while, who used to write for me over at Tablas Robot. Mm-hmm. And I just, he's really found his voice, and it's great. Whitney's always been great. Whitney, Whitney is great. Whitney is, is always really quick with a good snap. Isn't that crazy? He, like, how the fuck can he be that smart? Yeah, he is very, very witty and very, like, creative. Like, he knows so many words where I'm just like. <laughs> it's crazy. If I want to read, read one of Whitney's reviews, I have to have a thesaurus right there. And then you have Malik, who everybody likes just because he's cool. I, I do. <laughs> he hosted Nerdist News for the first time. I saw that. And he talked about Splinter. It. He killed it so But we hard. always knew he could do that. Oh, yeah. Malik's always been really great with people. When I, when I heard he was coming back to gaming news, because he had just set up a brand new site and he was just starting to get going, I'm like, no, you're not. You're yeah, coming no, to work no, for don't, me, don't, don't do that. Um, um, I, but, saw, I, I saw Malik at E3 last year, and, I, and this was when I went to get my badge, like on the Sunday before it started, or Monday before it started. And I was walking, and Malik goes, Hey man, and I look over and Malik's just sitting on the bench, and I'm like, "Where do I know him? <laughs> oh yeah, Vegas. We met him in Vegas at yeah. CES, and um, and we went and got, I think like a Starbucks or something. So when I, what I like is when you you know hire these people that you you're able to do things that I couldn't, which is give them a life, like give them a little bit of like a livelihood. Well, that wasn't that that didn't happen overnight. When when I started, um, the the writers weren't. They were all working for Nerdist for free, for right. the love of it. Of course. And it took a while to really, like, it wasn't until Legendary when we were able to finally start paying people. And that was, like, we, like, Kyle Anderson is my Doctor Who guy. And, right. like, being able to reward some of these guys that have been around forever since before even it's, I got here. It's a it huge just, difference. It, it made the world. And it's not, we don't even, we're not even able to pay that much. Right. Like I, I, I don't know how much I should be really talking no, about no, this, no. but it, it's one of those things where, like, and that being said, no website. You know, like Entertainment Weekly just went to like a blog-centered model. Yeah. You know that, right? Like Entertainment Weekly, yeah. like fired like their number one editor. Entertainment Weekly. Yep. Everybody fired their number one editor, and now they go to like a blog setup. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, we were actually just talking about that. The bottom is kind of dropping out of the high-paid freelancer market. Mm-hmm. Right. Like getting. The days of getting two hundred dollars for a freelance article are done. Right. It's try to find some place you can get on full time and batten down the hatches if you can. Because I you know, the state of the industry is such where it's BuzzFeed is killing creativity. The Huffington Post does the yeah. same kind of thing. Like and the fact that these, all ag- these are those news aggregate sites? Yeah. Like and the, new, yeah. And there are these big sites that just go in like poach blog posts. Uh huh. They're like, oh hey, you did a really good job. Can we run this on our site? Are those for like free? the up, the upvotes or upworthies? Oh and yeah. Something like that. The ones who are like, the you, you won't imagine what happened next. And it's just like, fuck you. We we posted one time, we were just feeling a little catty, and we posted a post that was, you'll never believe what this kid did when yeah. his parents died. And it see cuts, what happens next. And then you land on the page, and it's like he became the goddamn Batman. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was you'll like, never <laughs> believe how this kid reacted to his parents die. It will inspire you to protect your city against darkness. <laughs> um, 
but it's when this really parent, when, when these parents sent their son off to, I feel, for adoption to another planet, I feel really bad for the geekscapists <laughs> who listen for the nerd news, like because I know you cover nerd news, but that's we on just the site. Okay, we haven't even touched that. This no, I, I mean, I mean, Geekscape is like morphed into so much because like, I, I I've just been like, okay, well, what works? Well, what works is like, what do I feel like doing? Every few, you know, if I'm going to keep doing a podcast, like, what do I feel like doing when I, hit, when I hit record? What I feel like doing when I hit record is having a conversation with another creative person. Like, and I think there's always been a part of it. The news, we can't ever compete with the speed of the internet. So why would you look here for it? You look here for some insight. You look here for... Your editor isn't, isn't bad, though. He Derek, keeps up Derek's fantastic. Yeah, like... like Derek is, Derek like, is the greatest. Like, you, you guys, I mean... It's, I love Derek. You guys are doing well. Um... But uh, but the podcast can't play that role. And the same thing, like, George and I had a very long meeting last night about um, the continuous, like, what do we do with this, you know what I'm saying? Which is something that, like, I... A conversation that's been happening for the last five years? Uh, eight. <laughs> well, eight no, years. I mean, just, I've only known you for five. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. No, Geekscape has always been, like, a thing where I'm like, okay, well, well, what do I do now with it? And what do I do now with it? And it goes back to that, like, I think my addiction to reevaluation, 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 and... And it was very cool to see Geekscape on the South by Southwest program. And it was cool to see, oh, you wait until you see the movie. Like, like, it, like when the lights came down and the, the logo came up, we got a great cheer. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, like, uh, that's the greatest thing. But then I drink pee later in the movie and my parents go, what? No, I'm kidding. I mean, it's a great, it, <laughs> I, I value the experience I got at Geekscape so much because it forced me to grow up. It forced me to realize what I actually wanted to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Like, because I was miserable at my past job. No right. offense to anybody there. Of like, course. Clark Benson is a great guy. Well, when I met you, you were at a convenience store. You, yeah. <laughs> remember that time you almost got shot in the parking lot? I do remember that time I almost got shot in the parking you lot. You went out and somebody was drug dealing and you yes, were like, hey guys, uh, get out of here. And he goes, maybe you need to shut the fuck up and, and go back And showed inside. me the handle he showed of his you the gun. Piece. He and I was piece. like, I was like, I, I think the next day I called Gilmore to see if he still had that job at Ranker. Yeah. It, you it was you like, basically opened up an illegal pharmacy in the back the next day. You were like, oh, sell as many drugs as you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was like, oh, yep. Yep, okay, time to go. This yeah. is not the place for me if I'm going to get threatened with a gun. During the summer months, it was kind of cool because people would, would go clubbing at night. Right. It was, like, very oh, festive. Oh, yeah, you got the graveyard shift. Yeah, I, I, was always, I was third shift seven days a week. I went two months without a day off. Oh. Um, but it was, that was the I want to stay in L.A. job. Right. And that's something, like, I see these people couch surfing, and I, I see, like, like, the people I see make it in Los Angeles have a work ethic. I met a producer who puts his kid through child through I mean I, I literally had this meeting with a producer we're talking about casting uh, for a future project and he's telling me about his kid and how his kid goes to private school and I said so where do you live he goes out of my car I said what he goes I couch surf and I live out of my car because it's important for me to put my daughter through through private school and it's either that or I pay rent and wow. so I do that and I'm like ho Lee, shit. Not, I, not to be a dick. I hope it's a boarding school. No, it's a great school. Like, like he's like. No, no. I mean, you know, like a school that'll put her. Uh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well I mean, he, he shares custody, but, uh, but the thing is, is like that level of dedication. I look back at like what I do, and I'm like, what are you doing to keep pace with that level of dedication? Does I, that make sense? Like, are you writing enough? Are you working enough? Are you developing enough projects? Are you getting your stuff out there fast enough and to in many places enough? Because this guy is fucking sleeping in his car to get his dreams to come true. What are you doing? Well, you know what I mean? And it's just hard. It's crazy. It makes me neurotic. 
it's interesting to think about that because I know I'm too selfish of a person to ever have kids. Like, I, is and that what it, it is? Yes, that guy is totally like that's a selfless act for to make sure his daughter gets the best of something. Mm-hmm. I am way too selfish of a person to ever put like I I just I'm not gonna put myself in that position because I know that it would just. Plus, I'm also we talked about it. I'm I don't want to fuck up a kid. <laughs> not the way not the way I got screwed over. Um. Well, my the thing is, uh, I had a, a conversation with our friend Sam Proof. Um, at this YouTube had this mixer uh, we went and he would ask me and Laura about kids because he is having a kid and Sam's and having he, a kid he's only been married two years and he's like oh we beat you and I said well what do you mean and he goes oh we've having a kid within is that kid gonna years. be born with dreads <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah he's got white dreads and uh, he's a white guy with dreads and uh, and 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 but Laura and I I mean we talk about adoption we talk about stuff like that but like like foundations have to be set first like things have to happen before laura and i can like have a kid you have to jonathan proof your house first well i mean yeah and and i mean i mean laura's older than me so she always makes the joke it's a it's a really awful it's not even a joke but she makes the comment that she's worried that if the baby comes out it'll be retarded and i say well if it doesn't come out that way i'm gonna make sure it ends that way because like 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 i'm raising it you know what i mean like like how crazy it is but but a lot of our couple friends a lot of our married friends who are having kids are, are making us grandparents what or go- godparents. They're choosing Laura and I as a godparents. I'm a godparent. Why? Because Laura can train dogs and she can keep me from eating glue? Like, I don't understand. I'm a godparent. I don't understand that. Who right. wants Brian Walton as a godparent? Um, I don't know. I think it's because we're married, stable, and it's obvious that we're not going to divorce. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, what are they going to do? I think, you know? I think I have no, nope, still, still have no clue. No, um, Charles and I are close. Though. You have all the games and stuff? Yeah. You know the toys. I'm yeah. scared about my comics. I've got more comics than some comic book stores that I've visited recently. Can we talk about comics? And for I'm, a I'm just now organizing them. Bag and I mean, they've all been bagged and boarded. How many? But I, but I mean, I have close to 50 boxes right. in my garage. They're a wall of my garage, and and I'm just now alphabetizing them and putting them in chronological order. I always thought that and was the reason you didn't live in a house with a garage because I knew the minute you did, that's where all your shit would go. And here's the thing. In the apartments or the condos, I had to, uh, like in the duplex, I had to strategically put them in multiple mm-hmm. rooms and like multiple closets. And now that they're in the garage, they're literally a wall of the garage and I see them together for the first time. And I'm like, this has gone too far. <laughs> Like, just even on a financial scale, this oh, yeah. has gone too far. You need to organize these, and the ones you can part with, part with them. <laughs> well, that was the big reason I stepped away from collecting comics a long time ago was because I realized how much money I was spending on them. And I was like, I was not making a lot of money. Right. Like, so to, to just walk into a comic book store and drop 60 bucks, you know, every Wednesday. It's, a, it's like an, a budget item now. It yeah. has to be a budget item. Well, and... And you have to budget it. We do get things for free. I that's honestly that's where right. That's now how I read. But comics. I but the ones that I purchase, I budget. Well, I buy Hawkeye. I still buy Hawkeye's a lot of my Marvel. Fantastic. My Hawkeye's fantastic. Hawkeye is I'm great. really. Um, did you read the news about Grayson? Yeah, that he's not going to be a detective and so that. Well, the new Fifty Two is something that I'm like, like Francis Manipal. I love his artwork, but having that guy on Detective Comics. Uh, I read the, the Detective Comics the that came one? out with him, and it's like. The tone's a little weird. I always feel like the, the storytelling's a little scatological. Yeah. But um, but you're gonna buy him for the art. I, is it Batman? I think it was definitely the Flash. Is it Batman? I don't know. The new Fifty Two, I'm so confused by and unsatisfied mm. by so much of it. But then again, there's these Jeff they Lemire have these titles. Gems, yeah. That's like anything Jeff Lemire touches. Scott Snyder's. I know it's Vertigo, but the Wake, 
Oh, yeah. I love the wig. Um, Dead Letters from Boom. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for issue two. I don't want to get... I, I don't know it. This is... Okay, so it's Chris... Um, Chris Stelfries okay. is doing the art. Okay. And I can't remember who the Chris somebody else is writing it. Right. But I do not want to give anything away because it has one of the best cliffhangers at the end of the book where you realize what the premise is. Like, the whole front of it... The, the first part of the book is very confusing because this guy wakes up. He's in this area he doesn't understand. It's very visceral art. It's just You beautiful. last night after just waking up the way your pool watching the red moon. Yeah. The I blood watched, moon. I watched the eclipse last night, and I kind of fell asleep by my by my pool. Luckily not waiting in the for pool. It. And I woke up. Well, I'm just glad, like, I woke up and I got to see that we all lived. Uh-huh. Because, Why I mean, so? if Deacon Frost had won, <laughs> like... And, That's, is and that the plot of the first Blade it, movie? It's the plot of the first Blade. Blade's got to stop Deacon Frost because, like, the blood moon is, like, the ticking clock. Yeah, and he's about oh, to set true. off this, uh, this, this oh. whole Thank vampire. you, Blade. Yeah, like, thank he's you, He's rejuvenated Blade. by his appearance in Expendables 3. Yeah. Uh, it, does that entire paycheck go to the government? I don't know. They let him back in the country. I don't know. Did, I don't, I, well, I don't know. Sh- well, Expendable shoots around like the world. Like Bulgaria and stuff, right? Like, I feel like that's the way he was able to do it. I, I have no idea what Wesley Snipes' legal, uh, <laughs> legal status is. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but you like that book. But that book's great, and it has one of the best books. Uh, have you read Damon? Uh, Damon's another Boom book. Another Boom book. Yeah. I'm, I'm really getting into Boom. Boom has a lot of good action Boom's books awesome. lately. Um, but and Mel has sent me a couple books, but this book Damon has got the greatest premise ever. It's Damon are the uh, the fix the Mister Fixit yes. uh, for vampire for vampire mafias. I did read that. And like so, the Damon would run around and fix all the problems for the vampires and dispose of bodies and and do all that during the daytime while the these big, like vampire mob families uh, sleep. It it's such a cool premise, and I I really like that book. Um, a bit, uh, Green Lantern. Stopped reading. Yeah. Jeff Lo- when Jeff Johns left. I when Jeff reading. Johns left, I kind of felt like it really lost sense of who Hal was. Um, and then they killed Kyle. Yeah. And now the bad guys are the cunts. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I can't even take that seriously. It sounds uh, like, uh, you know. And then I don't, when, uh, there's a new Sinestro series. Yep. But which, that's Colin Bunn writing it. Yeah. He's writing a Lion Forge book, so I've met Colin. I have nice. some hope for that book. Right. But I really never liked many people in the Sinestro Corps. There, his, there weren't very many. Like, Acreo is His such, Magneto series is good. Well, I Colin mean, Bunn's writing this Magneto series. It's really interesting stuff. Eric absolutely raved about yeah. the Magneto the series. The Magneto series is awesome. Um, what do you think of this Amazon taking over Comixology, buying Comixology? I think it's a smart play. But I, totally. But I think it's totally a patent buy. I think they uh, want. I want. I think they just want the patented technology because they have the intuitive reading okay. on Comicsology. Uh-huh. I think. I think Amazon just wants that patent. Miami Vice is hitting Comicsology. I think this week, like, I, like yesterday or su- Sunday, literally, I was like looking over the like the revisions so they could go up there. I don't know what it takes. I don't know what the programming is for that thing, but uh, they just wanted me to make sure that the artwork was good or the writing was good. It's not. Uh, but uh, but it's on Comicsology. I think today or tomorrow this week whatever um but i think it's great because a lot of people discover books you know they won't necessarily be uh the kind you know i don't know i don't know if if amazon and comiXology create long-term comic book fans i think comic book stores do that i well here's you know a- i think they, they create the culture they get you into the culture i don't know if you, you could you could download something on your ipad and be a part of comic book culture i think you can be part of reading i think you can part, be part of enjoying a comic book but are you a part of 
the bigger celebration that takes place in places like comic book stores with events, with free comic book day, places like Comic Con. Do people go to Comic Con because they, they were I think lit up there by reading digitally? I think it's I think it's just a difference in how we process things. Mm -hmm. You and I were floppies. We I grew up with single issues. My garage is a like, testament to that. When when trade started becoming big, right. when borders was huge, that's when I really started. Like, I I mean, look, this is this is my right. collection right here. Right. Uh, these are all my books. Like, right. Like I like trades. Um, and one of the things is like, I finally got a tablet though. I'm I and. I do. It's very like now that I on the tablet, it's great. On a computer, not so much. No, like, I like reading on my iPad, but I'll only read digital comics that are, are native to the digital platform on my my thing. If, see, if you can find it in a tray, uh, in a tray, in a paperback or a paper, I, I don't know. Some weird wiring in me has to have it. I you know it depends on the book. There are some books where, like Green Lantern, the end. I'm glad I had it in book form. Totally. Um, there are some books where it's just like, yeah, I like having it on the shelf. I like people being able to see that that's what I'm into. Um, the same thing with coffee table books. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's a reason I have the killing joke sitting out right here. Right. Like, you know, it's possibly one of the best books of all time. Mm -hmm. Granted, the guy who wrote it is a complete batshit insane nut job. It's good. But it's still a good book. And it's one of those things where there are elements of that culture that, yes, you're right. I think... Comic book stores need to figure out a way. Like, Meltdown does it really well. It's an engaged nerd community center. Mm -hmm. Like, that is what a comic book shop needs to Collectors be Collector's Paradise. Yes. Uh, Secret Headquarters. Uh -huh. um, there are tons of really good comic book shops. But, like, Meltdown, Meltdown has the Nerd, nerd Melt Theater, mm -hmm. the Nerd Melt Showroom. Like, they make events. Like, when Don yeah. Schnepp had his little convention where he sold off his comic book convention yeah. this weekend. Like, they have events. Yeah. And they have a band play. Or they have a comic, a comedian perform and it's one of those things like not every store can have that and not everybody has access to that so that's also like why there are places like geekscape and there are mm -hmm. places like nerdist and like because i mean honestly you and i we have differences in our approaches on things i mean it's why we couldn't continue like working together but it's not that we I it's not the kill <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> when you and, fuck and i kill. just fucked a main so <laughs> i like to catch and release i'm like the colon, the colon is not punctured yet. <laughs> I have blasted, but the colon is not punctured. But it's just one of those things where it's like, those communities are moving online now. Like, finding mm. people you like online. Like, nerdists. We, right. we like to focus on positive. Right. We don't like to be overly critical. If we aren't talking about something, that generally means we don't like right. it. Right. Good point. We, and I feel like Geekscape is a great place where if people just want to go brutal, be brutally honest about something... Mm -hmm. Like, nobody at Geekscape overly rips into stuff. No, and I try to shy away from that because next thing you know, they're on the freaking couch. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're they're on the podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, it's, and, and I've had people whose stuff I'm not a fan of on the podcast, and, and I always appreciate effort. Yeah. You know, like, I always appreciate, like, doing it. Yeah. And so if you, you look know? at websites now, everybody – I think when – Ain't It Cool started it, but then Drew McWeenie left. He's great. McWeenie it was really like, it's one of those things where you can look at a website and really see like what was the backbone of the site because he went to Hit Fix. Hit Fix. And, and he's awesome. I totally respect that guy. Um, Devin Faraci and I, I mm -hmm. don't necessarily know if that guy even likes me, but I really respect what he does. 
Yes. I think, but he comes from very different perspective from he was what Chud, we do. now he's badass diagist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But and he just says whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, and yeah. there's something about there's something refreshing about that guy. Mm-hmm. I like to check in with what he's doing. I like to read his opinion on stuff, but I don't want to be a part of that community. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I have to keep checking myself because, like, at the end of the day, I have to make stuff. You know what I mean? But uh, but uh, there, there there came a part of like doing the podcast where the politics started to, to keep me from doing things like giving reviews properly. And at that point, I, I was like, okay, this is going to become more conversational and more about creative conversation because like across the table is going to be somebody who maybe you've given a bad review to or maybe you didn't like or maybe he's a friend of the guy you didn't give a bad review to. And you can't play that game. You know, like um, it's more important for me to be able to make a film or be able to pursue a TV show or a comic book or something than to be right about something I wasn't even involved in. Yeah. Like, that is crazy to me yeah. to, like... And, 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 like, I got really... I started getting really crazy about the concept of sports... What I call sports radio, and a lot of people call it losers talking about winners. Mm-hmm. And I started being like, dude, don't be that. Don't be sports radio. Don't be sports radio. You always have to be some form of the game. Be making shit. Be making shit. And that was, like, some weird thing that kicked in, like, two, three years ago where I was like... The hunger is kicked in. Yeah. And I've gone into, like, weird overdrive with, like, not saying no to projects, pursuing things just constantly. And, um, well, I honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's taken be, us to, to some believe, interesting places. To be bluntly honest, I was very worried you were going to just become a teacher. Dude, me too. Super I'm, down to, I'm down to one class a, a and week. That, and, no, that's great. And that, But that was my whole thing is, like, you kept taking on more and more classes, and you started teaching at two well, that was, schools. That's financially. I know. Like, financially, I, I had to do that. And I... I know yeah. exactly, but there was a certain point where when you started doing two schools, where right. I was, where it was very like, are you going to be able to pursue what you want to do and still do this? Well, here's the problem. You were already making yourself miserable teaching. Well, though, here's the problem is like, uh, you know, I do teach, but I teach with guys I went to Columbia with Mike Connors and Sean Mullen, who Mike made a movie two years ago. Uh, and Sean did a movie last year that's about to premiere with, um, with Martin Starr. It's premiering. Uh, I think it's Seattle International Film Festival next month, and and knowing that like Mike and Sean are making movies, like I have to make a movie because like I can't show up to teach if I don't have a movie because it's like I don't want to be that guy who you know you hear that thing it's like those who can't teach, which I think is complete bullshit because teachers should be honored and all that. I still but, want your goddamn American Gladiator movie. Oh well, I have all these millions of little ideas, but like the the only way that we can do them is if we make them like. You know, here the prophecy came out, and it's and we were excited by it, and wrestling fans were excited about it, but it, it's not at a critical mass, and the only way to really do it properly is to keep shooting it. Like, like we have to shoot more here of the prophecy for that to t- get any traction, because a sizzle's just not enough. Like well, a sizzle's fine if you're going to be shedding it to like a TV meeting, but if TV doesn't bite on it, and TV kind of initially was like, "What is this? It's cool, but we don't get it." Um, first off, with TV. The, the doors revolve so frequently mm-hmm. that you just have to keep it in play. Yeah. And then one day the, 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 the right guy gets hired or the right guy goes to a place and needs something and he remembers that thing that he saw called Hero of the Prophecy and brings it out. Like that's, that's just what happens. But George and I can't wait. And I can't let it, like, the brand feel like it's not happening. I can't do that to Paul. I can't do that to George. I can't do it to my, my investment. So we're, we're going to try and shoot more Hero of the Prophecies over the summer. Lion Forge 
has me shooting some things with Rampage Jackson, some like live action shorts mm -hmm. with action and stuff. It's going to be fun, but we, we're going to shoot those in June and hopefully premiere them at Comic-Con. And then I'm going to Austin for like half the month of August to write, 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 write. I got ordered, like there's eight more Miami Vice and some other things that got ordered. So like, if I'm not creating, like what the fuck am I paying student loans for? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god I, the fits of depression these are depressions the one that I thing have at I'm super happy about dropping out of college about it's yeah. like I owe nobody yeah no it's huge like, amounts of debt and I look back and I'm like oh, in, in some of my friends are crippled with you loans. saved my ass though once because I, I remember when I had started applying to film schools and yeah. you're like what are you doing don't don't apply for, I mean like you I started applying to uh, film schools and you're like Brian you don't you don't need that well do you want to put film through a camera Exactly. That was the whole it's thing. Like, do you like, want to put film, film through a camera? If you want to put the film through a cam camera, like I, like Jake Lopez. Speaking of Geekscapists, who we're proud of, Jake Lopez and I had lunch on Sunday, and he's about to graduate USC, which is crazy because I feel like I just wrote his recommendation letter to USC, and he's about to graduate. And we talked about the loans. We talked about what he wants to do. Da 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 da. da and he's got a great plan. And he's got a great like head on his shoulders, but. He Talk wants, about who should direct the Halo movie. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> he, he wants to, well, he wants to do like TV writing. Like he oh, he, okay. he wants to just because he loves writing the most, and he knows that TV is a more much more conducive medium to writers than it ever will be to film. You know, to to, to directors. So he's going to go into TV, and um, and hopefully I'll I'll hook him up with a couple of different people. But um, TV's nothing I've ever kind of pursued. I I think I've been screwed by like a DIY ethic. Yeah from running punk shows when I was in high school. I was like, DIY, we'll just go out yeah. and shoot it. I think we'll just go out and shoot it. That's where, that's where I had the biggest whiplash when I came over to Nerdist mm -hmm. was it's, it wasn't all DIY. It no. was use the people you work with. Right. It, was, it was you have resources to a certain degree. I mean, recently it's just been, we're, we, we kind of hit this apex where now things are just kind of blowing up. And... I'm like looking around going, what the, what the hell just happened? And you just, like one of the things I realized when I was up in Emerald City, uh, I was up at Emerald City Comic Con and we did a panel just about like, how do you do stuff online? Like, what mm -hmm. are the right ways? And people were asking me all these questions and what I realized was some, a lot of people, it's like, don't realize how much time is involved with doing all this stuff. Yes. And that is where I think the reality sets in like you know it's like it's not just going to be a one one and done thing well something that i voiced to george last night i said george i can't keep editing everything i can't keep writing everything and you know, i can't keep directing everything yeah you know it's like you i've at some point if you're a jack of all trades you gotta narrow it down well you know what they say jack of all trades master of none yeah well I, that's, the other, that's the flip side of that well, Brian Wall, master of trades, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at all those trade paperbacks right here, yeah. Geekscapers. Uh, well, let's talk about WonderCon, because like, sure, yeah, yeah. we're uh, like a, an hour ten right now. Oh, is, so sorry. Is, well, no, you're the one who's kicking off your work week. Uh, i got to go home and just make a reel for our booth. Um, uh, we're at booth 208. We've yeah. got a couple things going on, but I just made a video on Geekscape TV about it, so don't worry about that. It's like... Uh, I think John Schnepp's going to plant his butt at our booth from 2 to 5 on Saturday and, like, sell uh, his Superman Lives documentary posters and stuff like that. So um, that'll be fun. It, WonderCon's going to be great. We're at booth 208. Um, I, I actually like the way uh, WonderCon is building up in Anaheim. It's a lot more manageable than San Diego any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, um, Friday, I'm signing Miami Vice uh, posters or whatever. I think they have little mini comics printed, um, but whatever they have, I'll sign them from, a, I think it's 1 to 2 on Friday. 
booth 801 with Carl Reed, my artist, and we'll be right, doing all this Miami Vice stuff. And then there's a panel on Saturday, room 210A, and it's um, in Rampage Jackson, Chavo Guerrero, hosted by Mr. Belding himself. Oh, nice. Um, Dennis Haskins, and that'll be the Lion Forge panel. But for the most part, I'm just going to be hanging at the booth, hawking the product, showing people uh, Radio Z, which we have some video of, and then we're showing people, of course, some of the stuff from the channel, but also mainly uh, getting people interested because hopefully we can shoot some, start shooting some Cure uh, of the Prophecy in June and July. Yeah. Uh, we are, um, we have a booth on the floor. Which, you don't know the number, but again, follow the string. Yeah. Well, it's, um, we're going to be shooting some episodes of Nerds News. Okay. So we're, it's going to be big. It's like a big booth. It's a 20 by 20. 20 by 20. Got it. It's a big booth. Um, I believe we're... I, I want to say Hall B, but it, it, that could be totally wrong. I know. That's um, the one thing about it, WonderCon Anaheim. They've only been in the Anaheim Convention Center two years, and they move it a little bit in the last two years. They've changed it a bit. Yeah, they shifted a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be um, – we have a booth. We have a couple of our podcasts are doing panels on Friday night, the Indoor Kids and uh, the James Bonding. Uh, Saturday, we have our Nerdist News panel, which I actually – You get it on your phone. Get yeah. it on your phone. Getting it up. Getting that information. All right, so the Nerdist News panel is going to be in room 207. Okay. And then on when? Sunday, uh, that's on Saturday. Okay. Uh, and the time on that one is 3.30 to 4.30. Okay. And then the Nerdist.com panel, which I am on, uh, it's, uh, that's going to be 12 to 1 on Sunday. Okay, and, what room? Uh, that is in the arena. The arena! Yeah, All right, I'm just going to like throw like, weapons into it. I'm like, just, like, I'm going to throw weapons toward the stage and be like, you promised me an arena. Well, this one's really special to me. Uh, and I know that sounds weird, but, like, Comic-Con was my first time doing a panel. Right. And I was up with Chris Hardwick and a yeah. bunch of people front that do stuff with Nerdist. But this one's special to me just because this is Chris invited the editorial team. Right. It's, like, me, Malik, Dan I Casey, Malik. Jessica Dan Chobot. I like. Dan's I love great. Malik. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well... Dan's great. Dan's uh, Dan was one of my first hires. Of course. When I got here, he and he ran the Tokyo Pop newsletter mm -hmm. when he first got here. Because it was a is, part of it was part of the newsletter stuff we would do with this and that. Sheet. Yeah. And then, um, but Dan is just God. I could not do my job if he didn't do his so well. He mm -hmm. is like, and that's I think that's one of the things I learned from you is just if somebody's good at something, trust them. And, mm -hmm. like, the amount of trust you gave me with Geekscape is kind of the amount of trust I give Dan. I couldn't run a website and pursue writing or, yeah. or, like, pursue film. Like, I couldn't do it. And, like, that is why, like, when the job came up and you wanted the job, I didn't write a recommendation letter. I got on the phone with the guy who was hiring. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was I used the connection. I got on the phone with the guy who was hiring. And I said, you got to hire Brian Walton. Yeah. Because... You allowed me to work, you know, and like Derek allows me. Like, it's not, I mean, keep in mind, everything we make is going to have a Geekscape logo on it. So it's like brand building. Yep. And, it, and if it hits that critical mass, Derek's only going to find himself with a job. Yeah. He loves doing it. Yeah. Like. The, the, I mean, the biggest thing is like when you realize you want something to be your career and it's really hard. It was difficult to leave. Mm -hmm. Like we, we cried. We were fighting. We were, we were, we were like fighting, you were crying, um, but it was just one of those things where it's like, dude, you can't. Yeah, no, like, and it, I totally, We were like a bonsai kitty. Like, like, like you, there's only so much you can grow in that space. Yeah, it was one of those things where you're like, you, I, I wasn't listening 
Right. And you were like, Brian, you just, you need. Had to push you. There are other. And nobody likes being mean and nobody likes pushing anybody. Um, But no, it's, 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 it's all worked out. And and I'm I'm not necessarily proud of any of it because I feel like I did it with Dan Trachtenberg. Like, I feel like Dan and I didn't know how to talk to each other properly. So we just pushed. Like, that's what we knew how to do. We knew how to push because the bridges had already been eroded enough. You know, yeah. and by bridges, I just mean the interpersonal you know, communication, the innocent ability to just be friends, the honest conversation. It just eroded to the point, and it had become about something that was other than us. Well, and that's I, the thing. Like, Geekscape was me, so, like, and, and, and it's always going to be a part of me, so, like, it was, like, it's always going to be a part of us. Does that make sense? So, like, it's never bigger than us. It's just, yeah. it's always what we built. That's yeah. what I meant. It's always what we built. And then just the way things ended up, were, were, it was just kind of surreal. Mm-hmm. Like, because when I got the job, it wasn't working for Nerdist. It wasn't. No, it was Geek Chic. Yeah, it was Geek Chic Daily. It was running a daily newsletter, which, you know, yeah, trained me sure. on some stuff. I learned how to hustle. Uh, well, I Yeah, you, you hustle, hustled and you had to put out product every day. Like, yeah. Crazy. And, and, that and you had to of, work for somebody who was, like, actually uh, paying you. Yeah. Yeah, somebody that, actually you know paying I mean? you changes, like. Yeah, it changes your, your perspective on how much badass you had to work. And, like, you have to, you have to be, um, uh, you have to answer to somebody. But that's what, I mean, it's just, we got to kind of agree. It was surreal to see, like, a, a name check in Variety and on Deadline. I was just like. Isn't it the best? I was just like, what the hell just it's happened? It's the best. It is. It's a good feeling. It's the that, best. That's me. Um, yeah, it was just surreal. And I'm just like, wow, three and a half, four years ago, like. All because we ran into... All because John Hughes fucking died. Uh, John Hughes died and we had a screening in 2009. You came and you danced. Yeah. All but because John It Hughes all comes died. back to man, man plans, God laughs. All you can really do is course correct, you know, and, and, and make friends, you know? And that's really what it comes down to is, like, just make friends and follow what you, your actual passions are and be honest with each other about the passions. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I think that's where the ruffles come from, is, like, when you're not honest with other people with, like, what your passions are, what your goals are. Well, I'm just... Geekscape... Geekscape was transformative for me. Like, yeah. Like, without Geekscape, I would not be where I am. Well, thank you. So, like... I, I get very self-conscious when you say that. I get very, like, uh... Well, dude, right there. You gave me my first assignment the day we met. I know. I was, like, on my birthday, I'm going to watch the Avatar pre-footage, like, 15 minutes Oh, write up it. a little concept on it. Write up a little reaction to it. Yeah, and then from there, it was done. No, I mean I'm glad the the like place it's played in people's lives. I'm very proud of it, and um, and it, it's what keeps it going. You know what I mean? Because like we don't make anything off of this. We invested all right back into it. So it's like okay, you know, um, George and I are like well in the hole on this thing. Like we just keep investing our own money into it, but like the bon- the pluses that we see are that other people invest their time and care into it. So well, it's like it's also funny. Okay, we were together the first time I ever saw Chris Hardwick live. Like, we went to... That, that Kevin Smith thing? Yeah, the Kevin Smith show. I didn't know that was the first time you'd been to a Nerdist taping. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that was... Chris, like... That's pretty cool. It blew... Like, Chris blew up, like, that year. Like, it's that kind of was, insane. Yeah. And, well, not blew... Like, he was known. People knew Right, but, like, having an e-show fucking makes a huge difference. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the, the what was it, Web Soup? Web Soup. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, I just remember that was the first time we met Chris. And we hung out and, and we said hi to him. Mm-hmm. And, and, like... It's just interesting. Now I work for the, I work with the guy. And you got him on Geekscape. <laughs> you got him on Geekscape. I, I, I just asked. I said, "Hey, man, 
come and do a little Geekscape. It, it was WonderCon. It was actually at WonderCon. Right. You met him and uh, invited him. Come on into the Geekscape. Yeah, it's Wally just, will tell you we don't knife people in closed quarters. And then he came back. He's like, so sorry you had to put up with that shit. <laughs> he came back to you and goes, you fucking worked with that guy? He's a fucking a-hole. Um, oh. All right, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we do. you guys... I got to get back to work. ...may not have the commute that justifies uh, this long of a podcast so listen to the rest on your drive home uh but this is the end so i'm glad you told them to listen to the rest at the end yeah totally totally uh you should have a pause halfway through to tell people like this is where you should take a break if you have a short commute no they're listening to this while peeing (laughs) Uh, and if they're like you they're listening to this while they're supposed to be working so (laughs) wait wait you you gotta get listen to this oh how dare you well you're listening (laughs) you've listened to what we've said so far uh, that's I, what I, I miss. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. I totally listening. <laughs> well, the jazz. The only podcast I listened to was a Utah jazz podcast, and they, they're the bottom of the West. So I didn't listen this year to spare myself the depression. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been a long time. Well, we're gonna do it again. Uh, we're gonna see each other we at are? WonderCon. Yeah, we'll do it again. Okay. So we're gonna see each other at WonderCon. We're gonna enjoy WonderCon. It's booth two zero eight for Geekscape. Nerdist, look it up. They're gonna be there. They're gonna be loud. They're gonna be doing the Nerdist news thing. And if you guys miss Walton, Nerdist.com. That's yeah. where you can find his work. You can find Malik's work. You can find Eric Diaz. You can find Whitney. You can find all those guys. Um, and we're just going to keep this family rolling along. Okay, guys? Uh, thanks for listening to Geekscape. Geekscape.net. YouTube.com slash Geekscape TV. YouTube.com slash Nerdist. Um, is there a Nerdist News YouTube? Or is it all Nerdist? Uh, YouTube.com slash Nerdist. Slash Nerdist. Uh, and, uh, and also... All uh, the Facebook and Twitters. Big ups to Joe Parrington. Peace!